Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright. That's Howard Tybal. Oh, sorry. Oh, I totally messed you up. I thought we were going to do one of these, like, click and clack. You go ahead. Get it out of your system. Who are you? Do it again. Okay. I'm Pete Wright, and... I'm Howard Tybal. You sound great. You're going to take my job. This is too much fun, Pete. It's just going to be a conversation with yourself. I will never take your job. I don't want your job. <laughs> I have a great it's, job. You're too good at it. That's my point. Let me tell you what we're talking about today. Can I? Yes. This is a follow-up to our conversation last week where we talked about what makes a great chief business officer. And this week uh, we're, we're talking about a, another key, key, key role, which is the, the chief academic officer. Uh, and, you know, I, I think... So much of this discussion is is not just about what makes a chief, a great chief academic officer, but what makes uh, a great uh, environment of collaboration amongst two key individuals uh, in the across the institution. Would you agree? First, let me put on the table my ignorance, uh, and I will use that word. I, I use that word very specifically when it comes to claiming that I know the world of the chief academic officer the way I know the world of the chief business officer, because I don't. What I do know from my observation is working with them, uh, listening to them, uh, how they, how, the ones that collaborate in a certain way on the cabinet and the ones that are more disengaged. So there's just, just like chief business officers, there's a spectrum of kinds of engagement the same is true about the academic officers. And at least in, in, in the other thing I have to acknowledge is that my work over the last 25, 27 years has very much started and it's slowly moving into the academic side in that it's about collaboration between the, the academic side of the house and the administrative side of the house. But ultimately, uh, my my history has been with the business officer as the entry point into this conversation. So 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 that's what I want to start off by saying. The, the other thing I'll say about academic officers, provosts, whatever whatever your institution calls that top level academic view, uh, and I'm I'm also including people that take on uh, informal leadership roles, or you know the the faculty senate chair which is a nominated position, is a critical role that is either going to positively affect change or hold on to the old ways. I've seen faculty senate chairs that are brilliant. I've seen faculty senate chairs that got kicked out because they, they, um, they weren't actually doing the job of moving the institution the right way. There is a lot of politics that goes behind uh, this, this dynamic that plays out. And... I would say, if I was to step back and be fair, what what the what the administrative side of the house doesn't do well enough is really understand why academic officers passionately defend their traditions and how they got there. They, they there's a certain kind of dismissal that plays out on the business side of the house around the academic side. And I think that that is a um, that's a dilemma. Uh, a dilemma in terms of what? In terms of building that collaborative in, environment? In terms of setting setting and following through on strategy? In terms of uh, when you say passionately interested in in um, uh, you know in their uh, in leading others to be solutions oriented? You know how does that work? 
Well, let me tell you what I and I and I think if any academic faculty members are listening to this, the thing they would resonate with is the truth is anything outside of teaching and research should be in service of the mission. Administration is not the end point. Administration is in service to the academic mission, which is learning and research. That's at the heart of what goes on. And then there's all the dynamics that play out. The way it plays out in actuality, it's about control. Oh, yes. Okay. So talk more about that. So that, so we, business side of the house, know what it takes to keep us in business so you can all continue to get paychecks. And our job is to hold under control the financials. And anybody else outside of here doesn't understand that. And as a result, instead of saying, let's really collaboratively work through the mission, there's a presumption of, we understand faculty, what it is you're trying to do, but it's really difficult to get in there with you because there is a... um, there, I mean, fundamentally, there is, and this is not across the board. If you're listening to this and you've got a great relationship between the president, academic officer, the board, and the um, and the business officer, you are absolutely doing something right. But I think there is as many, if not more, examples of a uh, worst-case scenario antagonistic relationship, best-case scenario in many cases, a we live in our separate worlds uh, and we will try and influence change but not get in there too close because if I get in close, you're going to tell me why I'm wrong and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. And they don't know how to – it's basically the, they don't know how to play in the same sandbox together. Okay, so paint a picture for me about these, this ideal situation. And I'm looking again at this the, the role of, the, of a great CAO. Uh, you know, in light of what we talked about last week in this context of responsibility, responsibility to the university at large and to, to uh, strategy and to mission, um, when you see from the business side of the house, acknowledging your, your you know, experience tends to be there is, is – rooted in the business side of the house. What do you see about the great CAOs that are willing to drive change in concert? One is that they're that they're interested and able to demonstrate a genuine interest in financial sustainability. That's number one. Now, that does not mean that they are going to give up their values and focus on the core purpose of why they exist. But there needs to be, in one level, from and I've seen academic officers who do this, some of whom have a, so, so I'm working in one school, and the person at the top is a math genius. I mean, literally, he, 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 so he's basically their academic officer, and he understands how to massage and look at numbers. He loves that. And as a result of this, He's engaging in the financial sustainability of academic programs in a way very different from other academic officers I've seen who are hands-off on this. When I see a genuine interest, all I'm saying is that they, that, they, that they point out that they recognize that's an important piece of the conversation 
And they have the kind of influence, the willingness to get in there and say positive influence to the administrative side of the house. Let if I'm going to give you this, if I'm going to if I'm going to put myself in your shoes, you need to put yourself in my shoes. And we need to work together through what programs we're going to sunset, what programs we're going to invest more in, how we're going to think about tenure going forward. I mean, these are the things that are right in front of us that I would say the faculty behind closed doors are probably saying in some cases, these decisions are going to be made for us or we're going to be in a position to influence some of the changes around our academic model. And I would say the great ones are investing themselves in this conversation, are saying we want to be part of that conversation versus if we find a way to stay out of it, Maybe it won't happen. You know, I'm going to respond to you as a faculty member, as a member of, uh, of higher ed faculty now. And I can tell you uh, from experience, obviously not grand experience. I haven't taught at every university. But my experience is uh, that is exactly w- what has happened. And the overriding philosophy is behind closed doors. It is so easy for these business officers to come in and yes. cancel our programs because it doesn't hurt them. That's the assumption. This doesn't hurt them, so they don't care about the impact on us or our students. We have 15 students in this particular program that we're very passionate about. It supports a couple of faculty members and some adjuncts, and they don't care about cutting it because it doesn't hurt them. Uh, How do you respond to that? I think there's a lack of empathy that the administrative side of the House uh, that I've seen— and it's misinterpreted. I think behind behind the facade of control from the administrative side of the house and a, you know, let us just do our training from the academic side of the house, the missing piece is being able to sit down together and, and actually demonstrate an appreciation for what each other is trying to do, that both sides are committed to the mission. We just have different ways into that conversation. I think the administrators are saying, our mission is to keep this place sustainable long-term. The academic side is our mission is to teaching and research. And there isn't a recognition that that together, they know it, but from a behavior standpoint, that together we're going to take our perspective and that's how we're going to make this mission live long term but they have to do it together and what yeah. they're doing right now is they're and it's been like this forever they're at arm's length because there's a perception that each other doesn't appreciate that they're committed to the mission they, they, they don't way. realize that they are in fact having the same conversation exactly pete they're having the same conversation they are so convinced they're not having the same conversation yeah. right? right and that takes therapy <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, there's there's a there's a there's a piece. To, when I talk about empathy, when I talk about being able to get in there, at you know, and this, I was in a meeting today, and you know, this is the last thing I'll say about this. Uh, I was in a meeting today where we wanted to get away from a conversation about cutting, you know, looking at headcount, because 
the group said, if we talk about this, our emotions are going to get involved. So maybe we shouldn't talk about this. And I thought that was so interesting. Right? They Fast, were right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, but that's the problem. We need to be able to talk about things that are tough, even though we might be attached to them. And have an appreciation that this is hard for some people. We got through it. We had the conversation. On the other side of it, people said, that was hard, but I'm glad we had the conversation. You know, it's I, I love this, these, th- this conversation we're having because one of the lessons that has come out of it for me is this idea that the purpose in, in I, I think, in observation of the CBO and the CAO role together in defining short-term tactics, long-term strategy, is... Th- they, in many respects, are required by their responsibility to their university and to their department to be passionate defenders of their yes. in, their part of the institution. And yes. that is why this works when it works. So, and, and what I would add to that is in addition to being passionate defenders, the, op- the opportunity is to become passionate collaborators. Oh, I like that. Right? Excuse me, I've got to go file a trademark. Excuse me. Passionate collaborators. Man, talk about talk about a mindset shift. Right. Right? To shift from defender to collaborate. Right. That's what I'm attempting to do in our work. Well, that is a great way to wrap up this conversation and uh, continue this uh, series of conversations on, on the work that goes on between the the business and academic side of the house and just how important it is uh, to leading the organization forward. So thank you, as always, Howard. You too, Pete. Time and attention. Fantastic. Uh, uh, make sure to find us at tybalink.com. You can subscribe to this very show for free in iTunes so you never miss a single episode of Howard Tybal spouting his wisdom. It's and just Pete that Wright. good. This is a shared thing, Pete. We're collaborating, brother. <laughs> we're, we're passionately collaborating we're passionately every week. Co- every week. <laughs> In violent agreement. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we will see you on behalf of Howard Teibel. I'm Pete Wright. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Teibel, Inc. <laughs>